0: Buongiorno Marco! Come stai?
1: Ciao Martin, buongiorno. Tutto bene? Grazie. E tu come stai? Benone, grazie, benone. E spero tutti bene. I hope everybody is doing okay. Now we've been told we don't we don't ask our you know listeners are doing, so come state?
0: Wow, of course, yeah. We, we don't really seem to give much thought to the listeners, do we? We're just here having a had a nice conversation ourselves that way.
1: Yeah, I guess we, we started this assuming that nobody would listen, but then, you know, a few people are. So, you know, we should we should also ask them how they're doing, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we should we should kind of recognize that this is not just a therapy session for us. Very it's, good. Um, yeah, it's, it's about the people out there on the Internet, etc. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. We, we hope everybody is well. Um, spero che tutte, tutti Oh,
1: That's a lovely way to get this episode started since we're going to talk about this. Um, we will say tutti in this case. Mm. So, tutti. spero che tutti stanno bene. And we, don't, we, we do not know that stanno, but we know io sto bene, we know come stai, and that stanno is for today We'll talk more about this today.
0: Excellent. I can't yeah. wait.
1: Episodio sette. Episodio sette, or... If you remember, settimo episodio. Settimo episodio, see, Very I good. remember.
0: Right, we should uh, we should go back then to the uh, the scripts that we did uh, the the uh, conversations from the last episode.
1: Correct. Um,
0: so first of all, there was uh, an extremely expensive postcard bought, wasn't there?
1: Probably probably if you see a postcard and it's 350 you're in the wrong place. Una cartolina d'oro. Una cartolina d'oro. Good.
0: Yeah. Golden postcard. Uh, right. Okay. So the postcard then, uh, for those of you who were trying to guess, the the postcard uh, cost tre euro. E,
1: I really struggle with that word. That's common for English speakers. When you have more than one vowel together, it's, uh, it's tricky to say. It's uh, tre euro e cinquanta. Tre euro e cinquanta.
0: Three go. euros and
1: fifty sense. Um, Correct. Yeah. We, we don't need to say centesimi. We were saying uh, in the past, talking about money. Cinquanta mm. without anything is pre- pretty obvious. I mean, it's not going to be three euros and 50 apples. You know, it's going to be cents. Hmm.
0: That will be an interesting thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So three and 50. Um, what was the, refre- the repeated phrase used at the end? The phrase was a buona giornata. Very and good. I think that's a really quite a nice thing to know, isn't it?
1: That. Yes. And this is kind of, ah, so we know Buongiorno, right? Buongiorno Mm. is the obvious way to say good day, good morning. Um, Mm. But honestly, you say that when you meet someone, when you leave, you don't say Buongiorno as much as Buona Giornata, which is the same thing. Giornata is basically the same as "giorno," But when you leave, you tend to say Giornata more than "giorno." I don't know why, but we do that.
0: I, uh, I do try to use this whenever I leave a shop or whenever I leave a hotel. Or I, I always try and say, have a good day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, generally uh... speaking good. Uh, and you can say buongiorno, nobody's going to bash you for that. They're not going to scream at you. That's not the correct way to say goodbye. No, obviously, that's fine. But uh, you, you might hear buona giornata as opposed to buongiorno uh, when you leave or when the other person leaves and, you know, that's why.
0: Mm. It's a bit like, um, I guess, you know, when when in the US, it's used quite a lot, isn't it? Have a nice day. Yeah. Um, that yeah. kind of sentiment when you're when you're leaving someone. So, uh, buona giornata, or buona serata as well. You'd say in the evening, wouldn't
1: you? Buona serata as well, correct? As opposed oh, to buona sera. After, after two o'clock. After two. Yeah. As we were saying, it's uh, uh, the easiest thing is say buongiorno or buona giornata until two o'clock, two p.m. And then you say mm-hmm. buonasera or buonasera. Skip the pomeriggio, the afternoon altogether, so that you have one less word to worry about.
0: Yeah, who cares about the afternoon? No. Right. uh, And then the second conversation uh, was um, when I met a very tired Marco. Oh, yeah. He was molto stanco. Mm -hmm. Very tired. Yeah, that was what was wrong with him. Uh, He'd been out running too much, too tired. Uh, And so how do we say see you tomorrow? How do we say see you tomorrow, Marco?
1: Well, in Italian, we say something that is closer to until tomorrow, we say a mm. adomani. Adomani. Mm-hmm. So we do not have we that. All... See, we don't have a verb. As a matter of fact, you just say to tomorrow or until tomorrow.
0: Mm. Well, but you also we use Adopo, don't we? See adopo. you later Correct. or after.
1: Correct. It's the same idea. See you later. See you, uh, see you after.
0: Very good. OK, well, I noticed that you've entitled this episode maschile or femminile,
1: and uh, to, you know, we, so far we've been talking a little bit about culture and things happening. And, you know, I think that we need to discuss grammar. And if, at least I think people should be aware of what's going on, even if they get it wrong. Uh, a lot of people tell me when, when they study, I, I, you know, I don't care about getting things perfect. I, I care about being understood, which I agree is the correct thing to do. You do not care about being perfect as much as being understood. But you should at least be aware of what is going on because that... Will avoid confusion, and you know, confusion is what you want to avoid when you speak. Mm, absolutely right.
0: Great. Well, then, uh, what should we, which which noun shall we pick on to begin with our explanation of using masculine, feminine, and
1: singular and plural? I think that a very good place to start is the word bambino.
0: Mm, that's that's good, bambino.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I always thought was was baby. Hmm. Also, it can be used for a child, can't it?
1: Si, bambino uh, is, uh, it can refer to basically any child, uh, which could be very young, uh, newborn, but it could also be, I would say up to 10 years old, and then we change to maybe a ragazzo.
0: Right. Okay. So this is a little bit like the morning ending at two o'clock and then becoming the evening. You're a baby until you're 10 years old and then you're a ragazzo.
1: Correct. Generally speaking. If you say the word bambino to a teenager, they will get a bit offended because that's, uh, you know, almost uh, patronizing to them, you know? They're not bambini anymore, they're ragazzi.
0: Okay, well, you you touched on it there by saying bambini. Mm -hmm. You changed it. Why did you change it, Marco? I'm sorry,
1: it was a mistake. It was not a mistake. Well, here's the thing. Um, In English, we have no masculine, no feminine. You know, we don't care about something is a he or a she. We only have the plural, and usually we do the plural by adding an S. So for example, if we have one pen, we have two pens. That's what I've been told a few years ago. Uh, I don't know, there are a few exceptions to the rule, obviously, but that's the general rule of uh, singular plural. In Italian, it's slightly trickier because what we do is we do not add, we change. We change the last letter. So uh, instead of, The plural of bambino being bambinos, for example, which might work in Spanish, is going to be bambini, with an I. Bambini. So it goes from
0: bambino, one bambino,
1: uno bambino, and then it's due bambini. Si, it's un bambino, due bambini. Un bambino, due bambini. Yes, we've not talked about uno, una, un, and so forth, but uh, suffice to say it's un bambino for now, we'll maybe talk Mm. about it later on.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to go slightly off track here and say that um, one common thing that that winds me up in England is when you go into a sandwich shop and they they advertise that you can have, would you like a panini? (laughs) And that is clearly, clearly I want to correct them and say, actually, no, I'd like a panino.
1: Yes, Uh, that's a, a long time fight of mine. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a lost cause, Martin. I can tell you already it's, uh, it was mm. funny. I was, I was seeing, I think it was a reel on Instagram or something about this, um, Italian American, uh, explaining how to correctly pronounce uh, Italian foods. And I think it did not get a single one, right? It was the funniest thing. And it, the funniest moment <laughs> was when he tried to correct, uh, mozzarella to mozzarella, which neither of which is correct. And then someone asked him, uh, what do you think of the word uh, gabagool? And he was like, no, that's right. (laughs) Okay, but yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, Paninis uh, is is not correct because it would be un panino and due panini for the same idea, for the same reason we just saw uh, that we changed the last letter. We do not add an S for the plural. Mm.
0: So usually it's, if you get a masculine noun and you've got an O ending, When it becomes plural, it becomes an I ending.
1: Correct. Yes. So the example, again, I think the word bambino is a good example because it works for Mm -hmm. masculine, feminine, single plural, un bambino becomes due bambini.
0: Un bambino, due bambini, and then when they get older, Mm -hmm. un ragazzo becomes due ragazzi.
1: Esattamente, un ragazzo, due ragazzi. Same idea, an O becomes an I. So. You know, if you say that wrong, if you say do a ragazzo, okay, I will understand, you know, what's going on. But it might be slightly confusing for you if you don't know what's going on, because you might not realize that they're talking about something that is plural. So that could be tricky in conversation, if you do not know that this could happen. So even if you use it wrong, which is fine, you should be aware that this is a thing, that this exists and happens.
0: Mm-hmm. And bambino is a good word as well, like ragazzo, because, You can also have a feminine bambino and a feminine ragazzo.
1: Yes. So another thing that trips up a lot of uh, English speakers is that everything in Italian is either masculine or feminine. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Objects are masculine or feminine. For example, a chair, sedia, is feminine, whereas a table, tavolo, is masculine. And again, who decides that? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah,
0: the same people who are making up place names. (laughs) But you've mentioned table there, and you say that table is masculine, tavolo, but it is also tavola.
1: Okay. Okay. We also have tavola, which is, uh, I guess the word table can mean two, dif- two different things in English, uh, and, and so in Italian, but, um, tavola, for example, we say for the surf, you know, tavola, the surf, uh, whereas tavolo is where you work or where you eat. You really do. We do. Yeah.
0: It's so you serve on a tavola.
1: I do not serve because I'm unable to, but people do serve on a (laughs) tavola. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's really good. So it's a surf table, not a surf board.
1: For us, it's a table. Correct.
0: Wow. Okay. Brilliant. However, when you go into a restaurant or if you are booking a table, does it not become tavola?
1: That's a good question. Un tavolo per due. I would still call it tavolo. Uh, mm-hmm. when, you, when you ask, you know, we probably did this in the... We will do that in the script today. Uh, we will say un tavolo. And mm. uh, that's the general way to say it. We have some situations in which we would say tavola, but at this point, at this stage, I would say, let's keep it simple. Table is... Right, oh, that's No, no, that's <laughs> all right. I, you, you're right. And the thing is, the more we progress with learning a language, the more mm. we talk about one thing and we need to mention 15 different things, just the way it works. Yeah, that's
0: the fun part of it, I think. I agree, yeah,
1: but I agree. Yeah.
0: Let's, let's stick with Tableau, okay. So, um, right, let's go back to uh, the Bambino. And and if it's a feminine Bambino, it is a... Bambina. Bambina. Yes. Okay. So, so when you got plural
1: Bambina, that doesn't go to I, It's not Bambini. Very good, correct. So Bambina ending with an A, means girl, the plural girls would be bambine ending with an English E or Italian E, whichever way you look at it.
0: Okay. So, un, una bambina, due
1: bambine. Very good. Una bambina, due bambine.
0: Okay. So similar like, una ragazza, a girl, due
1: ragazze. Very good. Una ragazza, due ragazze. Correct. And again, you may not care about, okay, I said una tavola or I said un sedio, which is incorrect, and I use an adjective that is masculine. It's fine. I understand what you're saying usually, unless, you know, in a few situations it might actually be hard. But if you don't know, and someone is saying bambina and you think it's a bambino, there might be some obvious, you know, uh, misunderstanding happening. So you should be aware of this rule, even if you cannot 100% use it correctly.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think it's quite straightforward rule is that if, and it's most of the time, I would say, well, from what I understand, about 95% of the time that that all stays the same. And there, there, you know, there are some exceptions, but the very few and far between. And when you come across them, they stand out, don't they?
1: Yeah, there are exceptions. And I I, I always say that the, the trickiest to learn is body parts. And not only in mm. Italian, but even in English, if you think about it, one tooth yeah. and two teeth. Why? Yeah. Yeah. One well, foot and two feet. Correct. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's fairly common and in Italian it's the same thing. But generally speaking, uh, it's, it's very straightforward. Um, the only exception that I would bring up at this stage uh, is that some nouns will end with the letter E or Italian E, the singular. Uh, An example could be la canzone, la canzone. Very good, which means the song. Um, And in this case, you do not know if it's a masculine or feminine. Well, you know, because la is feminine. But uh, if you just hear the word canzone, you do not know if it's masculine or feminine. That's the only thing that I would say is rather common and slightly confusing. Mm.
0: But if a a word does end in an E as a plural, it will also have an I, won't it?
1: Correct, yes. So la canzone will become le canzoni. So Mm -hmm. regardless of whether it's masculine or feminine, because canzone is feminine, but we have uh, nouns ending in E that are masculine. An example could Mm -hmm. be il cane, the the dog. their plural will still be ending with an I. So le canzoni, i cani. Mm. Yeah.
0: So yeah, can cane and cani canzone canzoni. Yeah. Yeah. Televisione, televisione. Televisione.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the good thing about Italian is that rules are hard, but then we're pretty Mm -hmm. good at sticking to them. Well, with grammar, when it comes to culture, we're not we're not the best at sticking uh, to rules. But uh, you know, when it comes to speaking, once you know what's going on, it's very straightforward.
0: Yeah, yeah, and as I say, there are there are exceptions, but when you come across them, they stand out. Like problem, you would expect because it ends in an a problema, that would be feminine, but it's
1: il problema. Si, il problema, and therefore the masculine. The plural becomes i problemi. There are exceptions, and usually in this case, fun fact, uh, it's the Greeks' fault. It's not the Romans' fault. Oh, right, of course, yeah. Yes, because in Italian as in English, we have. Uh, quite a lot of issues that come, uh, we have quite a lot of words that come from Greek um, mm. and, and these words usually have some issue, you know, uh, when it comes to singular, plural, masculine, feminine. So it's a fairly, you know, it happens. It's not common, but it happens.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll just, again, I, I think that it's just worth, um, worth mentioning that in general, you can stick to these rules, but there are exceptions and when you come across them, you just have to remember them on a case-to-case basis, don't you? Correct. Yes. And You know, we know that problem is a problem word. That's how I remember it. Um, Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. Okay. Anything else that you want to uh, to mention with, uh, with these things?
1: Well, I think I, I don't want to get, I, I don't want this place to be about grammar because I know grammar scares a lot of people. Uh, but um, we talked about nouns. Uh, Now, Mm. examples would be cane, problema, bambino, ragazzo. We also have adjectives. Now, if I say adjective in your experience, is adjective a word that freaks people out?
0: Well, I was a a year six teacher for quite a long time. And that's so that's years 10 and when they're 10 and 11 years old. And and I always found that um, people when they're younger now in the UK, they understand these classes of words much much better, and I think we'll have a whole generation of people growing up who will understand these things now. Um, in general, a noun is a person, place, or thing, and an adjective is a word that describes a noun. Very good. Those That's... are those are the simplistic ways of explaining both of those things, aren't
1: they? That's the best. That's better than I could explain. So we'll keep that. Um, I agree completely, and. Um... I think a lot of people are a bit scared. Not much about the difference between nouns and uh, adjectives, but adjectives and adverbs are a bit trickier. And the thing is, I I mentioned this because adverbs, we do not change gender and number, adjectives we do. So for example, in English, the word clear is an adjective. We would change gender number, but clearly, adverb, we would not change gender and number. So again, grammar can be complicated if you do not know what I'm talking about. But generally speaking, as Martin was saying, if a word refers to a noun, it's an adjective and therefore we will change gender and number.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good rule to follow. Uh, whereas an adverb is generally explaining a verb. Correct. And so that
1: won't change. Correct. So again, clearly, um, for example, I speak clearly. That refers to the fact that I speak. So mm. it's, it's verbs that do not have a gender and do not have a number uh, in Italian. We conjugate them, so but we do not. They do not have a gender and number, you know, in themselves, so to speak.
0: Okay, right. Well, can you think of um, a, an adjective to describe a bambino, though? Then that we can play
1: with. A good example would be alto. So tall or high. Well, in this case, hopefully the bambino is tall and not high. But...
0: And also maybe not too tall. We don't really want a freakishly tall baby, do we?
1: That is also correct. Yes. Um, but I think alto is a good example because it's fairly regular. and It's a short word and it's easy to ma- to pronounce alto. Mm. Okay. So il bambino alto. Mm-hmm. Il bambino alto. So masculine singular. Everything ends with a no bambino alto. So what would be the masculine plural in your opinion? I bambini alti. I bambini alti. Very good. Very straightforward. We should mention
0: here as well that the word tall is after the noun. Very good
1: point. In English point. we
0: would say the tall, the tall baby, which again sounds a bit weird. Uh, the tall, the tall baby, uh, whereas in Italian you would generally say the baby
1: tall. Yes. Um, let's say that Italian is a bit less strict than English when it comes to word order. Uh, because since we conjugate and, you know, masculine, feminine, everything is, tends to be slightly clearer than in English. But generally speaking, it's a good rule uh, to put the adjective after the noun. An exception to that, a notable exception is Tolkien. Uh, when we translate Tolkien's books, basically everything stays as in English and adjectives tend to be before nouns, which sounds very elegant and kind of uh, almost dreamlike to us, l'alto bambino. But don't do that when you speak, that's, that's you know, sounds funny.
0: Right. Well, maybe you should be reading Tolkien's books in English and then you wouldn't have that uh, dilemma, would you?
1: I never have. Uh, but you probably should. Yes, you do not try to not read uh, translated books. <laughs> it's a good rule, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go go away after this and I'm going to start reading Dante's Inferno in Italian as well and see if I can. Uh...
1: I mean, I, Italians cannot read that. So <laughs> it would be very hard for you, Martin. I believe there's a lot of past
0: historic tenses in there that uh, could freak me out. That's the least of
1: your problems. I think the problem with, and I don't want to talk about Dante's, that's that's really not my area of expertise, but the problem is that (laughs) it takes for granted so many things about religion and symbolism Mm. that we have no idea about, that you just need to take a class in theology, and then you might be able to understand that 50% of what he's saying. But obviously religion was much better known back then so it talks about numbers and things and we don't know
0: <laughs> I walked past a bloke in um uh in San Gimignano in Tuscany uh-huh. uh who was dressed like Dante oh. and he was reciting um the entirety of of the book with without anything in front without no, no book and I, was, I stood there for a while thinking. Surely, sooner or later, he's going to slip up here. You he can't possibly. It's like somebody standing there and deciding they're going to go through the entire works of Shakespeare and remembering it. I was, yeah,
1: there is yeah. a very famous Italian actor, one of the very few that you will know outside of Italy, which is Benigni, uh, won an Oscar and walked, you know, on top of the seats, um, was, was okay. pretty famous. Yeah. And and he actually does that. He, he memorizes chunks of the comedy and sometimes just recites it.
0: Mm, very good. OK, well, we should probably go back to the uh, the tall baby that we're uh, so frightened of. Um, so we, we had Il Bambino Alto and I Bambini Alti, the tall babies, which that really should be a, some kind of Tarantino film. Um, and then uh, what about if these babies that are freakishly tall are uh, are feminine babies?
1: Very good. Uh, then it would, in that case, it would be La Bambina Alta if it's a a, a tall girl. Yeah, I'll try again. La bambina alta. Very good, that's good. And then le bambine alte, if it's the tall girls. Le bambine alte. Yes, correct. So in this case, again, that's a very straightforward word and very straightforward adjective. So everything ends with the same letter, right? Bambino alto, bambina alta, bambine alte, bambini alti. That is not always what happens, but I would say, and I'm going to make up a number here, I'm going to say that that's a good 67% of uh, cases in Italian.
0: Okay, did you know that uh, about 67% of uh, statistics are exaggerated?
1: I agreed. yes. So I don't know <laughs> what the numbers is, but definitely, generally speaking, that's what you, you will find most uh, most of it, a majority of the time at least, I would say. Um, there are some nouns, as we said, that do not end with O. We said il cane. There are also some adjectives that have uh, only one gender, so they do not change for masculine and feminine. An example is the word that we all know from Starbucks, uh, for example, grande. But uh, for example, if you want to say the big baby, which is probably even worse than the tall baby. Um... <laughs> I, I, I've seen the t shirt already. With the big baby? I, 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 yeah, that, that would be... that would be. If you have a good design for a t-shirt called the big baby, please send it to us. Um, uh, we, we, we cannot afford to pay. So the big baby <laughs> would be il bambino grande, if it's uh, a boy, and la bambina grande, if it's a girl. So grande does not change for masculine and feminine.
0: And so would you
1: say also it would be i bambini grande? No, that would be i bambini grandi. And ah. uh, as well, le bambine grandi. Right.
0: So it changes in the singular and plural, but not in the masculine and feminine. Correct.
1: That's uh, right. the way. It so works. there are
0: these words, again, there are these words out there that we need to kind of watch out for. But in general, the rule will be that if I wanted to take a rule out of this episodio, that masculine nouns and also adjectives that end in O will be I, in mm-hmm. ending I in the plural, and feminine nouns that end, and, and adjectives that end in an A will end in an E in the plural. Correct. Yes. And if there is a noun that ends in an E, and, or also an adjective that ends in an E, in the plural, that will end
1: in an I. Very good. That's probably better than I could have said it. And I also add one thing uh, to kind of move away from grammar here. Um, When you learn a language, there are two different things, which is your active knowledge and your passive knowledge. Now your active knowledge is what you're able to say and use. So your passive knowledge is what you can understand. So obviously you can understand things that you cannot use, right? So if you never learned the the verb andare, uh, you may not know that andate means you guys go, but you may be able to understand it because you heard it a couple of times. So you don't say it, but you, you kind of are aware of that. Um, So I think that when it comes to masculine, feminine, singular, plural, if you can use it, so if it's your active vocabulary, great. Uh, But if it's not, at least it should be in your passive vocabulary. You should be aware that this is a thing. You should be aware that grande means big and grandi means big in the plural, because again, it might cause confusion if you don't. And if you're learning a language, your main goal is to communicate and to communicate means to avoid confusion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like that. That's um, that, that's good. The active and passive knowledge, uh, I think it applies to everything, but especially in languages. And I th- I think in general, when when we're learning a language and we're going to visit places on holiday or for work, we we will understand a lot more than we actually use. So that's um, that's a great explanation that Marco
1: definitely and especially Uh, classes of words for example I think of medical words they're basically the same in most languages at least most western languages so you might not know how to say dentist but it's very similar Uh, you you might not know how to say a specific word or the name of a bone or a muscle but chances are it's going to sound very similar in Italian and in Spanish and in French so if you hear it you might be able to tell what that is. But obviously, if I ask you, how do you say that specific muscle in Italian? You have no idea. And you know I, I have no idea how to say it in English, but if I hear it, I know what that is because I know how to say it in Italian. It's very, very close. So that's that's always gonna be the case. If you speak a language for 20 years, as I do with English, you're still not gonna know everything, uh, but you're gonna understand most of what you hear.
0: Okay, Marco. Then I think that will uh, that will do it for today. Yes. Grazie
1: mille. Grazie a te, Martin, e grazie a tutti e a tutte. A, a tutti, si. Sì, a tutte. Tutto, tutti, tutta, tutte. Very good. That adjective works normally. So yes, correct. Mm.
0: We are going
1: to hand you over to the
0: conversation for today now. Yes. Um, and then, please, if you would like to um, let us know if you've got any answer uh, answers for the conversation, uh, pop them onto Twitter. That's at Italian Diamo on Twitter or just with a hashtag if you want, either way works for us. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got any suggestions of things you'd like us to, uh, to talk about or not talk about, you quite will take the criticism, won't we Marco?
1: Yes. Because otherwise next time we do the subjunctive and, uh, I don't think anybody wants that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. No, no, I'm sure they absolutely don't. Yeah, if you're out there and you're a Roman or a Greek and you want to write, you want to complain about anything, uh, feel free. free.
1: Yes, yes, We, we will read complaints from anybody, even from Romans. Yes,
0: okay. Grazie Marco e alla prossima.
1: Alla prossima, Martin. A presto. Ciao. Buonasera, benvenuto. Da dove vieni? Buonasera.
0: Vengo dall'Inghilterra.
1: E tu? Io vengo da qui. Anche tu vai all'evento? Sì, anche io vado. A che ora inizia?
0: Credo alle 5, o forse alle 5 e mezza. Non ricordo.
1: Ho capito. Ci vediamo lì.
0: Ciao! And the question there is, what time does Martin think that the event begins?
1: Buonasera signore, benvenuto.
0: Buonasera, avete un tavolo per due?
1: Avete prenotato?
0: No, non abbiamo prenotato.
1: Ok, vediamo. Sì, il tavolo 54, in fondo a destra.
0: Nel giardino?
1: No, in fondo a destra, nella sala. Andiamo! So, what table was assigned to them? And
0: where is their table?